Welcome to season two of Living Fullness, a podcast where two friends explore what it means to live out the Christian life. My name is Dina Constantine. And my name is Father Sean Burns. And every week we look more closely at deepening friendships, intentional relationships, growth in virtue, and nurturing our spiritual lives. We hope by sharing our learning, reflections, and experiences, this podcast will serve you in living your life to the full. If you found our podcast in any way helpful or it has served you in some way, would you please prayerfully consider whether you can financially support our mission via Patreon? Patreon is a platform that allows people to make a monthly contribution to our mission. Running a ministry has a number of costs, including website and software expenses, new tech purchases and paying editors. Your financial contribution will help us stay focused on putting out new content each week. So thank you so much to our Patreon supporters. We have varying tiers that you can choose from, including as little as $3 a month. And in return, we offer behind the scenes, bloopers, merch, mentoring, and more. We would love for you to join our community and hope you will consider joining us in helping one another to live life to the full. Welcome back to Living Fullness. How are you going this week, Padre? Very well, thank you, Steena, and yourself? I am doing well. Great, great. What have you been up to? Uh, lots of car trips, as of late. Oh, ah, okay. Just for toing and froing for, you know, visiting people, work. Ah. Um, which has been really awesome and, you know, unnecessary visa business. <laughs> sure, sure. All that jazz. Um, but the fun part has been catching up on podcasts and listening to audiobooks. I'm not a huge audiobook fan. I find audiobooks put me to sleep. Oh, that's <laughs> not just good behind the wheel. No, as I discovered whilst I was <laughs> driving, going, this is not ideal. The content is great, but the voice is too soothing. And right. why is there relaxing background music? <laughs> this is not conducive to driving. So what you're saying is we need hard rock <laughs> no. and, and a really energised, <laughs> no, no. angry voice. No, of I just need like people who are talking. Okay. <laughs> so I'll go back to podcasts. Okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm enjoying that. What about you? What have you been up to? Uh, well, uh, actually, I've, I've literally come from, from to, to this recording, I've come from a Council of Priests meeting, oh. uh, which is a, a Council of Priests. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What does that right? mean? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> uh, so it's a, it's a council that sort of helps the bishop to uh, get a sense of the, um, the direction of the diocese and sort of the, the um, I guess, concoct a plan for evangelization i guess really. oh, so yeah yeah okay yeah that's kind of cool yeah yeah so that was the, the, that was a pretty cool meeting how did you end up on such such, such council <laughs> well most members are there by being voted in i was not voted in <laughs> uh, i can assure you of that uh but uh, i was, was a <laughs> Well, the bishop is free to appoint whoever he likes to the council as well. Yeah. There are a certain number that he can appoint as he wishes. Yeah. And uh, there was no one from the the geographical area that I'm in on the ah. council. So it was like, hey, Father Burns, come and join the council <laughs> of priests. And you can't really say no to that. Can't can really you? say no to that. That's it. So, so Fun times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So, yeah. All right. What have we got today? 
are on the final episode of the book study of Interior Freedom by Father Jacques Philippe. Indeed. So we are up to part four and five. Is that right? Yes. Yes, indeed. Part four and five, free gift and spiritual piety. Uh, so we did just notice <laughs> just very recently that um, the page numbers that we've been quoting in the last couple of episodes have come from the book and there is a slight variation to the Kindle version. Sorry. Whoops. Um, so just be aware that as we're quoting page numbers, you may have to flick forwards and back. Yeah. <laughs> they won't be pages. massive variations, no. but, but yeah. variations nonetheless. Yeah. 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 So moving on to section four and five, um, a particular quote that sort of stands out to me to begin with is the section on learning to love in the school of Jesus. And the quote is from page 117. Learning to love is extremely simple. It means learning to give freely and receive freely. We have a strong tendency to give in order to receive in return. So this section that we're going to sort of speak a little bit about at this point really starts to talk about freedom um, and what freedom isn't. So it's not licentiousness. It's not us being able to do whatever we want to do, whenever we want to do it, and whatever way we want to do it. Like that's not that's not what this is about. Where licentiousness really is more of a slavery like it actually ties us down it enslaves us to something and it traps us by what's superficial right 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 by by mere desire i guess by by mere passion we're trapped yeah yep um and so i guess the 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 corollary of that is well does the law make us free if licentiousness doesn't make us free Maybe the law makes us free. Mm. Maybe order makes us free. Mm. And Jacques goes, mm, no, no. So on page 113 onwards, and you'll know I said, you'll notice I said onwards because <laughs> there may be some variation in terms of the, 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 the book. Page 113 onwards, Jacques makes the important point that what saves us from sin, what actually makes us free is not the law. Um, once we make the mistake of thinking that the law is our saviour, then we've brought into the trap of thinking that it is our deeds, not Christ's freely given love, which has brought us to salvation. Now, is the law good? Of course. Is, is following the moral law good and indeed necessary for salvation? Yes. Is the moral law the foundation of our relationship with God? Most certainly not. Uh-uh. God has called us to himself out of his generous love, not because he's impressed with our legal sensibilities. <laughs> you know, oh, he knows his law very well. Uh, following the law, of course, is, is part and parcel of being in a loving relationship with God. After all, a relationship in which my actions don't reflect the love I have for someone really isn't much of a relationship at all. Um, but the moral law can't be the foundation of that relationship. God is. He is the foundation of our faith and of all good things, including our fidelity. Taking the law as our foundation for our relationship with God is actually often a source of pride, mm -hmm. since we wind up creating ourselves as the reason that God loves us. And we can easily become very legalistic and judgmental from this position, constantly looking for the splinter in our brother's eye, mm -hmm. and never seeing the plank in our own. Ah, mm. uh, The um, section on learning to love just even just the phrasing learning to love it's mm. uh, he points out too that you know love 
isn't something that we just do. It's not something, it's not action, only action based. Yeah. Like it's something we have to actually learn with Jesus and to give freely and to receive freely aren't easy things for us to do. Mm-hmm. And as Father Jacques points out, sin often sets destructive patterns of us using moments of free giving or receiving as an excuse to claim a right or demanding gratitude or some kind of a repayment. Sometimes we struggle to receive freely because we feel like we haven't even earned the gift that's being given to us or that, you know, because we have certain limitations like faults and weaknesses and we're somehow not deserving of Mm. that gift either. But then on the other hand too, we also struggle to give freely because we think we deserve to be compensated for our gift or we struggle with receiving when we think we're entitled to more than what's actually being given to us. Father Jacques points out that Jesus actually wants to overthrow that kind of thinking altogether by bringing a new standard to the table, that being be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. So we actually need a new attitude of receptivity. If we're going to love God, then we actually need to become like God. And that's not something that we can do on our own. That needs God's grace. So we can never earn that. We can only ever gratefully receive that. Becoming like God, like Christ, means becoming authentically human because that's how Jesus continues to love us now with our authentically human heart. So to get that sort of an attitude of receptivity, we need to be able to die to ourselves by identifying those moments of judgments, self-righteousness, self-deprecation and allow them to be crucified. So we need to catch the lies as they arrive and then also receive the truth, um, the truth that we are loved infinitely by God. Mm. So there's another section that also stands out to me and it's where he begins to talk about the need for identity that we have a unique value and dignity that's independent from what we can do and accomplish and that it's dangerous to identify ourselves by the spiritual good that we do. So this quote is taken from page 124 in the book. Human beings are more than the sum of the good they can accomplish. They are children of God, whether they do good or cannot yet manage to do anything. Our Father in heaven does not love us because of the good we do. He loves us for ourselves because he has adopted us as his children forever. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Mm. Um, uh, this sort of brings in the whole question of identity. And uh, Father Jacques states that there are, there are two tendencies which obscure our identity. And, and by reading that quote, you've already alluded to them. Um, so the, the, the first one is when having possessing supplants being or replaces being Um, and the other is when doing particular action and being are conflated so in the first instance having supplants being that is to say that our identity becomes connected to our possessions and and this this is a golden recipe for disaster when we define ourselves by what we have, our identity becomes ephemeral. 
defined only by our ability to consume, which is never satiated in a consumerist world and is obliterated the moment we lose the material possessions we have invested ourselves in. In the second instance, where there is an overemphasis on doing, while it's much better to be identified by our talents, by stuff that we are able to do than our possessions, since the way that we use our talents expresses who we are, we also still have to recall that this is not a sufficient way of understanding our identity. Because if my identity is based on some ability that I have, what happens when I lose that ability? Who am I without it? And there's a great little quote from pages 121 to 122, sort of ish. Identity is not rooted in the sum of one's aptitudes. Individuals have a unique value and dignity independently of what they can do. Someone who doesn't realise this is at risk of having a real identity crisis on the day he or she experiences failure or of despising others when faced with their limitations. Where is there room for the poor and the handicapped in a world where people are measured by their efficiency and by the profit they can produce? Mm. Yeah. yeah, it really emphasises that a value isn't based on what we do or what we're good at. Right. Um, and Father Jack points out that when we reach a sort of moment in our lives where we can no longer do what we were used to doing or what we were good at or you know, maybe it becomes a little bit more challenging, then we actually lose a sense of who we are because we were so caught up in those actions alone and those actions defining who we are. And he calls that the identity crisis, which then means that really if we extrapolate that beyond ourselves, then we really only value the people who are most useful in the world or productive or able to achieve some sort of accomplishment that's seemed deemed valuable by the culture that they're in and in the time that they're in. Right, and I guess that means also that those who are somehow, um, those who are seen to limit that productiveness or be an obstacle to that productiveness are, as he says in that quote before, despised. Yeah. Because they obstruct who I've built myself to be based on this ability yeah, that I have. Yeah, or even not, in, and not an obstacle as such, just unable to. Right, right. Like they may not be actively working against, but just unable to participate in that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Permanently for sure. and temporarily. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, so, what is identity? We've, we've gone on a fair bit about what it's not. <laughs> what is it? And... And when we're thinking about how we might sort of um, express in our own words what Father Jacques said, at a certain point we just went, you know what, there is no expressing this quote in any other way. We're just going to read this thing because it's awesome. So from page 124 of the book version of, uh, of, of Interior Freedom, Father Jacques says, this is why humility, spiritual poverty is so precious. It locates our identity securely in the one place where it will be safe from all harm. If our treasure is in God, no one 
can take it from us. Humility is truth. I am what I am in God's eyes. A poor child who possesses absolutely nothing, who receives everything, infinitely loved and totally free. I have received everything in advance from the freely bestowed love of my Father, who said to me definitively, All that is mine is yours. Our treasure is not the kind that moths or worms can devour. It is in heaven, in God's hands. It depends on God alone, his goodwill and unfailing goodness to us. Our identity has its source in the creative love of God, who made us in his own image and destines us to live with him forever. End quote. <laughs> How good is it? So beautiful. Oh, man. So beautiful. And it, it points out so very clearly that this is why humility or spiritual poverty is such a precious gift in itself because it actually helps us to always remember the truth about who we are, because that's, that's really what humility is. Humility, it's the truth, the truth of who we are in relation to God. And when we stray from true humility, we can end up prideful, you know, thinking that we're the bee's knees and that, you know, of course we're always right about things and, <laughs> and we're elevated at us, we elevate ourselves above other people, if not some, then, you know, if not all, then some at least. And to that way of thinking, we actually have no need for God because it's all about me. Right, right. So there's no room for God when it's all taken up and all consumed by us. Mm. Another way of thinking that also is not humility is something similar to what Henry Nouwen speaks about in The Return of the Prodigal Son. And it, I'm just going to read the quote from, from Henry Nouwen here. For a very long time, I considered low self-esteem to be some kind of virtue. I had been warned so often against pride and conceit that I came to consider it a good thing to de deprecate myself. But now I realise that the real sin is to deny God's first love for me, to ignore my original goodness. Because without claiming that first love and that original goodness for myself, I lose touch with my true self and embark on the destructive search among the wrong people and in the wrong places for what can only be found in the house of my father. So we can fall into this trap that, you know, somehow being humble means that I've got to beat my body up. I've got to beat my mind up. Like that's, that's the way, that's the disposition that I need to be in to be truly humble, to bring myself down always, when that is so far from the truth. You know, we're told that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we ought to treat that temple with reverence. Our hearts and our minds ought to love God. But how can we do that if we continue to wound them by beating ourselves up? The way we've been created is, is God's masterpiece, <laughs> yeah. right? And yeah. we've been gifted this life to treasure, not to destroy and to tamper with. The virtue of humility is what helps us remember who we are so that we can rightly order what we do with that. Yeah, see ourselves through God's eyes as we really are. Mm. Awesome. As we bring this to a close, there's a quote that I think is just solid gold. From <laughs> Another page, one. <laughs> another one. There's many solid gold quotes here. Page 129. 
book version. Mature Christians who have truly become children of God are those who have experienced their radical nothingness, their absolute poverty, being reduced to nothing. At the bottom of that nothingness, they have finally discovered the inexpressible tenderness, the absolutely unconditional love of God. Henceforth, their only support and hope is the boundless mercy of their Father God. End quote. When our hope is, is fixed on God, we open up the possibility of learning to love as Jesus loves, which, through both giving and receptivity, reveals to us who we are. We are sons and daughters of God, made free by love for love. And such an identity can never be taken from us. That's why St. Paul affirms nothing can come between us and God. Nothing in the heavens, nothing on earth, nothing beneath the earth. Therefore, a truly free person has nothing left to lose. Love it. <laughs> Love it. So that is the end of the book study of Interior Freedom with Father Jacques Philippe. We hope that you've enjoyed it and yeah. you've been able to get something from it. Yeah, let us know what it is that stood out to you during this book study. Was there something in particular that Father Jacques um, has written about that has resonated with you and that has stuck with you and shifted perhaps your thinking or seeing of something? We would love to hear what that is. Absolutely, absolutely. We're also looking to do another book study before the end of the year at some point. So if you would like to see another book study um, or hear another book study on the podcast, then do let us know and let us know if you have any suggestions yes, too. Yes, please, please. Is there something in particular you'd like to see us pull apart and spend a little bit more time with? We would love to know. Absolutely. So before we end this episode, as always, a truth, beauty and goodness, Padre. Uh so in the last couple of months, or last few months, I've been uh, engaged in my new parish at Narendra, getting to know my parishioners. And getting to know my parishioners has just been absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's been so lovely, as uh, sort of building a relationship, and as that relationship is being built, um, seeing the parts of themselves that they're willing to share, and... Uh, being able to receive those parts of themselves mm. and, and has been a real treasure and a real joy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been really, really beautiful getting to know my parishioners. That's been something that, uh, that has been a real treasure. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. How about yourself? Mm, for me, it has been Elise Drum, one of our blog writers from mm. Virtue Ministry. She's actually started a series based on our motto, if you like, for Virtue Ministry, which is become all you were created to be. So her focus is on all we were created to be. And there's a series of blogs that are coming out, and the first couple are already out. So nice, nice. So you have to check it out on I've our website. I've read a couple of those. Awesome. Yes, yes. She's so good. Just the way – she's like on fire. And just the way that she's able to see through some things is just beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. So that is mine for the week. Very good. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Living Fullness. Just remember that we do have some reflective questions over in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to go and check them out, you can do that using the link in the description box. 
And also, if you haven't already uh, rated and reviewed the podcast, would you please consider jumping over to whatever platform that you're already on and listening on and just hitting a couple of stars, whatever you think the podcast is worth, and maybe writing a few words on someone should listen to this episode or to this podcast. It actually helps us become more visible the podcast disappears. So if you could do that, that would be super helpful. So until next time, all the love and friends. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Living Fullness. We hope that in this episode there was something useful or helpful or something that blessed your life. If that is the case, would you please consider sharing this podcast with someone, perhaps who will bless their lives too. Please also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review so that others can find the podcast too. And join us over on our social media, Living Fullness on Instagram and Virtue Ministry on Facebook.